1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha, your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk.
2: Good afternoon, Bay Area Misha Dimitruk, Essex Mortgage Branch Manager and Senior Loan Originator here with you, NMLS. Six nine four four two seven. joining you as i do each week to bring to you all of the changes that are happening in real estate lending and this industry changes every single day Uh, and also to provide you with strategy and maybe expand on some concepts that might not be immediately presented or even to show you alternative ways of achieving your real estate financing goals now my phone number And you can call me, and I answer the phone, is 831-435-0385. My email is misha, M-E-S-H-A, at essexmortgage.com. You can also find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. We have a great show for you today. We're going to touch on a couple of key topics that I think um, our listeners here will find very interesting. But I wanted to start by talking about rate. Rate is always a hot button. And it should be because oftentimes people will minimize rates no matter what they're doing. But the topic of rate is a real inclusionary factor in buying your home and understanding where the market is and what rates are doing is definitely something to be aware of. Rates change every day, sometimes more than once in a day without warning, without notice. And over the last few years, the rate environment has changed dramatically. What used to send rates going in one direction or another is no longer that same tried and true. And so we are all experienced individuals, even watching the market, wondering how certain aspects of economic reports, um, global issues, all of these pieces of the collective global of um, policies and information and news are impacting mortgage rates. What we're seeing today, mortgage rates have come down some over weeks. We're looking at the same rate levels that we were back in September of this year. So, quite a, a rewind in interest rates for a lot of buyers out there who were sort of struggling with where rates were going, and particularly for younger buyers who had become accustomed to those very, very low rates. They, most of them had not yet seen this level of rate. Uh, while they were of the mindset to be paying attention to it. And that's really a big shopping demographic at this point. And a lot of those younger buyers really were struggling with, you know, why Why would this even be? This feels like a ripoff. And I totally respect that feeling. Um, it does feel challenging to understand why, if the, we understand that the, the Fed funds rate, the rate that banks are borrowing money is still way less than what the market rate is why there's such tremendous markup over this, and there's still huge profits being made by institutions, even though their rising interest rates have stifled the market and are causing people to hold back on those life-fulfilling goals and dreams of acquiring property. So rates coming back down is definitely a good thing, and it's definitely opening more doors of opportunity. But what I hope that this also does for people is gives them a sense of calm, because really, and I say this all the time, but real estate is a long-term investment strategy for those people who thought that they would buy a property and they would have their financing done at the time of purchase. And that purchase financing would ride them through their entire ownership of their home. That's not historically how things have gone and not historically, I would say in the last 30, 40 years. Uh, Realistically, up until pandemic happened, most people refinance their mortgage loans seven, an average of seven times over the ownership of one property. So to feel like you are stuck when you have the ability to acquire a property and to feel like you're stuck in an interest rate because it might never come back down, it may never adjust again, or you don't know that you'll qualify, um, there's a lot of different factors that come into play but we want to be sure that people are making buys today with the expectation that they can continue and sustain with the rate that they have today. Even if the market improves and you have the ability to capitalize on a lower interest rate, where will market values be? And will the loan to value of your property be something that allows you to capture that lower interest rate? Will your income be in line with required qualification in order to allow you to successfully close on that lower rate? So while we all want you to achieve the lowest interest rate possible and the best monthly affordability, we wanna be certain that the payment that you are accepting today, that you know how to manage it and you know how to, to negotiate your life with the payment as it is. I've talked to several buyers over the last three, four months who are feeling like, gosh, I know we looked at this number and I know we talked about the total amount that was due, but the reality of that payment with water and sewer and garbage with electricity, uh, I had one client who said that they did not realize they were going to have to pay for their own internet service, that it wasn't just going to be included in, in that, you know, utilities that we talked about them budgeting for, um, you know, the, the cost, skyrocketing costs of cable TV, all of these things come into play. And some of them, the utilities and the costs of your home outside the principal, interest, taxes and insurance are not taken into consideration in the qualification process with most lenders. I do ask these questions. And as a buyer, you can ask the listing agent for the evidence of what these payments have been for the, the tenant or the current owner of the property if they live there. You can say, what was the average PG&E bill? What was the water bill like? You know, what, what are the, the garbage sewer fees? And so you can make sure that you have a solid understanding of these extra expenses that you're going to be taking on. And then you definitely need to live with that payment and live as if you're making that payment before it actually becomes your financial obligation. And this is the step I take with all of my clients in formal pre-approval is I tell them, now we've come to a determination of what you qualify for and here's your maximum purchase power. And this is the payment based on today's rate of what that would look like. And we add to the current market rate, a buffer of maybe a half of a point in interest rate cost to ensure that they still qualify in a fluctuating market, but now live as if that were your payment. Set your rent, set aside that payment, pay your rent out of that payment and don't add to your credit cards. Don't live a dramatically diminished life trying to pigeonhole yourself into that payment artificially for a short period of time. You have to try it on and see how it fits. Is it too snug? Is it too tight? Do you feel too restricted? Are you not feeling happy because you've given up so many of the creature comforts that you can afford right now if your payment is smaller? Are you finding that it fits seamlessly into your very detailed budget? Are you accounting for all of the expenses that you're going to come into play here? Um, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot is what are all the additional expenses in your life? And this is, again, not something that's part of the formal qualification process, but I ask my clients do you have any dietary needs that are going to have you, you know, elevated grocery bills? Do you have health costs that? come into play every single month that you know you need to plan for? Do you have a a yoga class that really just keeps you centered and grounded and makes you get to be the best you possible? Are we accounting for that? Are you taking those things into consideration in your budget? Do you have daycare costs? Do you have you know any other extended costs in your budget really dialed in so that you know that this is going to work for you? Because it's different for everyone, what everyone's budget is. So last week's challenge was really about budget in order to get everybody dialed in with budget. This week's challenge was really about asking people to come to me with their challenge that they have in the market and things that they haven't been able to get achieved. And um, this really circled around a lot of the conversation on budget and restraint and feeling like people needed to understand what was going to happen in the future so that they could just get themselves through to the other side and hopefully be able to change their financing. So uh, for all the people who called and uh, texted and emailed, thank you as always for your participation and for sharing of your experiences with me. Interest rates are moving down in a downward trajectory and there's a lot of inventory out there in the market. We want to see people getting out and taking a look at the properties that are available because the, the power shift is is happening where it was a hyper-seller's market. Sellers could basically say whatever they wanted, and buyers were at their mercy. It's definitely coming up to be much more buyer-friendly. There's less competition on any one individual property. And the art of negotiation is in play again, where it's being realized that both parties need to feel good about everything that's happening and come to the table and make concessions one way or the other in order for transactions to take place. Properties that have been listed for some time and had not been under contract are definitely seeing price reductions and buyers are feeling excited about it because they feel like they're getting a deal rather than getting taken to the cleaners. And that's the value of the feeling of homeownership that I really want all of our listeners to be able to tap into. I believe homeownership should benefit your life in a positive way, and i want you to leave your houses whenever you do to look in the rear view mirror and still be grateful for the sacrifices that you're making to get there and feel that it's worth it rather than feeling frustrated every time you see that front door and have it have a negative aspect to your life so if you are in that circumstance if you are finding that you're just not happy with what your circumstances are financially please give me a call let's talk about what it is that we can do to help ease that struggle right now, particularly if you are a new buyer um, or even if you're looking at the prospect of buying. And let's talk about the flexibility out there and and how we can better that situation for you. Now, last week's challenge was really, what have you got for me, community? Go ahead and try to stump me. Bring me your best conundrums um, because I hear from people often that they really run into Sort of roadblocks, and oftentimes it's really about expanding who it is that you're talking to about the challenges that you're facing. I I spoke with Annette, who represented a buyer. She, her buyer, was very loyal to her local credit union, and she really just wanted to do the loan with them because she felt that that was really community minded. Um, But they were requiring a larger down payment from her than she had access to, and in fact, she had a pre-approval issued to her for a dollar amount that said including gift funds, but she doesn't have anyone to gift her these funds in order to get to the the down payment that they approved her for. Uh, So we had a brief conversation and I just said, you know, really it's going to be about her wanting to look for options outside of her current banking institution. And it was really a challenge for her, but she did. We did have a conversation and we went through her qualification and we talked about the variety of opportunities that's available outside those walls. That was really a big tipping point for her. And we came up with a better strategy. And she's still going to keep all of her traditional banking accounts with the bank that she loves. And she, she's relayed, she sort of felt like she was cheating on them by not putting herself into whatever it is that they were saying was available. So please expand your options by contacting someone who might have more variety for you. And that will be the benefit to you and the win in your life. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Mortgage Matters with Misha.
1: This is Mortgage Matters with Misha with financial services expert Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right. Before the break, we were talking about last week's challenge and um, the caller that I spoke with whose buyer – was very committed to their local credit union. On the flip side, I had a long conversation with Eliza and Eliza was calling because she had gone online. She did not, she banks online. Everything is available to her online. She had gone online and applied for herself through a very well known company and input all of her information and received a form, a, a pre formal pre approval letter. She thought, and she took that to her realtor. Her realtor did not bat an eyelash at it. It gave one price, even though they were not offering as high as her letter indicated uh, she was qualified to on the letter. And they went out shopping. She made an offer less than the list price on the property. And the seller immediately countered for a higher price. And she thought, well, this is the price that I'm offering. Why are they coming back You know for more and uh, they ended up negotiating and getting into contract on a middle ground price while in the contract and in the process of processing her loan she finally had a live contact with this well-known mortgage company online and they relayed to her that she's not qualified for what it is that they issued the pre-approval letter for because of the fact that she has income in a variety of different categories and That included bonus, commission, and overtime. Now, these types, specific types of income and the type of earnings that you make definitely play into qualifying an eligible income. It's not just what you see before tax. It's not just what you take home at the end of all of your deductions. There is a happy number in there and it takes actual information and knowledge of the loan products In order to determine what your eligible income is. Now, poor Eliza did not know any of this because she's not a mortgage professional. She has an entirely different industry that she works in, and she was following the guidance issued on this well known mortgage company's website, providing whatever it is that they asked for. But they didn't have a live human who looked at anything for her until she was beyond the point of having already been provided a congratulations, here's what you qualify for and go ahead and get out into contract. Ultimately, her transaction collapsed because there was too much confusion about her qualification, about whether or not she was going to be able to provide evidence for the income that she provided originally in the pre-approval and what the qualifying income actually would result in being. So she gave me a call and relayed over her frustration and wanted to have better understanding about how to have a, a better experience and. So I took a deep breath just like that. And I relayed over to her the reality that online, there are benefits to things being able to be done online. There are still processes in the world that a human contact and human expertise is just the right route to go. Medical procedures. I always talk about medical procedures because here's the thing. There's generalizations. We can all look up a very well known medical website and type in our symptoms and we can self-diagnose but do we have the experience to be able to definitively say that we have a diagnosis and we can get a medication if that's required or we can sign ourselves up for surgery absolutely not and lots of people will use the adage would you pull your own tooth if you thought you understood that's what needed to happen and hiring a professional in a lot of different circumstances is the right way to go because it's giving you that guidance right up front. It's working with someone who has walked people through this process before. And as I like to tell my clients, my job is to look for the potholes on the road we haven't turned down yet. I use my experience and my knowledge and my ability to access the right information to help my clients get to a place of certainty and understanding early in the process rather than after the fact. and. Having that live human contact means that there are pieces of this that get to be explained to you. Now, to her question about why it is they countered her when she gave them the offer, uh, ultimately they wanted a higher price, but that one letter that was issued saying she qualified for the top dollar price relayed over to the sellers that she was qualified for more than she was offering. So automatically they said, well, you offered less than what we wanted to sell for and you qualify for it. So we're going to ask you for more. We're not going to just work off of the price that you've offered. So in customizing your information, working with a live human gives you the opportunity to say, Hi, Nisha, I understand I'm approved up to a million 250, but I'd like to put in an offer on this property for a million 125. I customize my letters for my clients. So that they get a letter that matches with the offer that they receive and then there's really no question there i contact the listing agent every time i relay over the strength of the offer that the steps that the buyer or intended buyer has gone through already formal fo- fully underwritten pre-approval verification of employment and asset and income and credit and credit history and whenever they say and lots of sellers agents will say this, well, do they qualify for more, which they're not supposed to do? I always relay in exactly the same way. If your seller is interested in negotiating the price, I would really encourage them to include our client in that negotiation and allow them to be the ones to make that decision. Because that relays that they have the support that they need, and they should be able to come back and negotiate within the proper channels, not me saying, oh, yeah, they absolutely qualify for more. Go ahead and just counter them for more. Working with a live human will help you and will help protect you in the long run. So please reach out to your local agents for the support and advice you deserve to receive. We're going to take another break and we'll be back in just a few.
1: It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk
2: all right we are back so glad to have you all here with me again today as a reminder my phone number is 831-435-0385 and uh, my email mesha at essexmortgage.com now um i wanted to highlight the changing loan limits that are coming into play in 2023 um presently the national conforming loan limit is $647,200. That is increasing to $726,200. And the high cost market, which primarily the entirety of the Bay Area is, is going from a base price of $970,800 on loan amount to $1,089,300. Now, I highlight this because there are specific opportunities that are available to buyers when they keep their loan amounts under that conforming limit and in our area under that high cost limit. And it's hugely advantageous as far as depth of credit goes, how many accounts you have, how long you've had them, the reserve requirements on your purchases on primary residences. If your loan amount falls under these categories, you do not need reserve requirements and the flexibility of products available within those ranges. As the market shifts more and we're seeing values come down some and particularly a lot in California, investors are saying they're pulling back some of their more flexible jumbo. That would be loans over a million eighty nine thousand three hundred dollars loan programs specifically in regions that they find are more high cost. California definitely falls into one of those um, to discuss more. The shift in what's happening here in the Bay Area and our markets, we have Daniel Daniel on the line. How are you doing today, Daniel?
3: Awesome, Misa. How are you today?
2: I am doing great. Thank you. Daniel, remind everybody who you are and what you do, please.
3: Sure thing. I am Daniel Ebrahimi from Coldwell Banker, Los Gatos, uh, downtown location. And I've been a real estate agent for the past 15 years here in uh, San, Santa Cruz, Santa Clara and San Mateo County.
2: Fantastic, Daniel. Now, Daniel and I talk on an almost daily basis and we talk about the market. We talk about the shifts that are happening. Um, You know, some days we'll talk and we'll say, oh, my gosh, you know, all these changes have just come into play. uh, And what do you think will happen next? Now, Daniel has a great property to tell us about. And we're going to circle back to market conditions in a minute. But first, Daniel, please tell us about the property that you are bringing to market now.
3: Sure, Misa. So I'm bringing on a property in the next couple of weeks over in southeast Napa, just 10 minutes from downtown um, Napa. And it is over one acre of flat land with two brand new homes on it, the ADU being brand, brand new, which is a two-bedroom, two-bath at 915 square feet with a really big attached two-car garage with super wide opening doors. And I also have the original house, which was gutted to the studs, a three-bedroom, two-baths, uh, 1,300 square feet um, home that was also just brand-new brand new remodeled, which will be uh, with this property, electric-gated entry, super privacy, and we're going to go on the market for 2149000 Fantastic.
2: Now, Daniel, there are a lot of opportunities out there in the market to buy a beautiful home, but to buy a beautiful, completely renovated home and a, with a brand new accessory dwelling unit, share with our listeners, accessory dwelling unit, n- meaning uh, ADU, a separate little house, share with mm-hmm. our listeners why that accessory dwelling unit is such a tremendous value.
3: Sure, well, for starters, if you uh, need some income, you can live in the main house mm-hmm. and rent out the ADU And that can pay for your taxes and insurance and part of your mortgage. So it can offset Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, the monthly pressure you may have because your loan could be higher. Or you could also have mom or dad or your in-laws come and need a place to stay, but you want your own privacy. So I think, you know, if you have multi-generational kind of family setup, it would be perfect for something like that. In so many ways, all the way around.
2: Right. There's a lot of flexibility there when you have more square footage and also when that square footage is not necessarily within your front door. The ability to rent out a separate space that isn't within your direct dwelling is so key and so huge. And and whether you rent it out for profit or whether you like you said, put multi generational living there, whether the, your children and, are there or whether your parents are there to have separate living environments gives everyone such a better sense of calm, (laughs) of personal space and um, of limitations of, you know, this is your area and you can do as you wish with it. This is my area. I'm going to do as I wish and really afford people comfort and a lot of financial flexibility. So it's it's definitely something that we are seeing to help with the housing shortage, uh, to help multi-generational families sort of stay within the same place to be able to help each other out and, um, you know, just as a great income opportunity for people. And this is a beautiful property. I can't wait for our uh, listeners to all see it here when the photos go live. Um, Daniel, we're going to take a break. Can you come back with us after the commercial? Sure.
1: Not a problem.
2: Okay. All right. This is mortgage matters with Nisha. We'll be back in a few.
1: This is mortgage matters with Misha with financial services expert, Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right, Miles has given us a nice little mellow intro here, Daniel. We're gonna talk about something serious, the market. People always ask us, what will happen? What is happening? What just happened? I think it's important that we talk about this sort of elephant in the room and in relation to what has recently been happening. There's a new normal out there and it seems to be something that we're morphing to on a continuous basis recently properties that would have last year been on the market for hours before getting an offer have sat for days weeks even but they do and have been and will continue to get into contract right daniel
3: that's right
2: so daniel why don't you speak to your most recent few listings here um this was definitely the case you had very busy open houses but you didn't immediately have an offer on the table. People were mulling things right. over a little bit more, right?
3: Yes. What we did was uh, we had to drop every single price, you know, by at least 150, dollars $200,000 or more until we saw offers on the table. And that's what we did. You know, the standard norm now is like 30 to 60 days on the market, whereas before it was maybe 11 or 13 days on the market. So now we're seeing things, you know, a lot of buyers are out there looking because they realize that these rates are what they are, and you just have to live with it and refinance later. So people do want to buy, but they'll only put an offer if the price is attractive to them to do
1: so.
2: Right. It, buyers are appreciating the concept now that they there there are good deals to be had in the market, and they can get a house in the neighborhood that they want to be in and not have to hundreds upon hundreds of thousand dollars over list price ultimately because you did bring the price down on these most recent listings you did actually end up getting very close to list price on most of them right
3: that's right and in fact on one of them that i just closed in san carlos we got over our new list price with four offers on the table so that mm-hmm. was actually a great phenomenon that we haven't seen in a long time and the by, the guy happened to actually be cash. I mean, I haven't seen one Wonderful. of those since 2014, believe it or not, in a market like this.
2: <laughs> right. So well, because really financing was there. so cheap. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, buyers, true. buyers, take take heed that you have negotiation power and that, you know, you, you're not in the predicament. And I think a lot of buyers are just catching up to this concept that they have to. The concept that I used to relate to buyers was prepare to make an offer before you leave the driveway once you've seen that property in Mm -hmm. person. And that was absolutely the environment that we were in. Right, Daniel?
3: That's correct. We used to see like five to 12 offers on any house. And now you'll see one to four and you won't see it the very first weekend you're listed. There are lots of listings, in fact, sitting there 60, 70, 80 days on the market because they missed the boat. So I would say trust your realtor. If they suggest to list at a certain price for today's market, go ahead and do that. Otherwise you may be in for the long haul if you don't, you know, or if your property doesn't move within the first 10 to 14 days, drop it, drop it to 300,000 and get people through that door because that's, what's really driving people to make offers right now.
2: Right. Absolutely. Good point there, Daniel. Now, Daniel, this also comes into play. Sellers listening to their professional realtors who know what it is they're doing and giving them the direction that they need. The properties that are sitting and they don't receive the price adjustments that they need to in order to attract the attention. What What's happening with those sellers and their realtors? Is there conflict there, you think?
3: There is lots of conflict, actually. And the sellers are becoming extremely frustrated because they claim they never knew how hard this process would be they mm-hmm. sometimes say it's worse than pulling teeth, <laughs> you know, but if okay. they would have just listened to the realtor from the get go, they would have been pending and sold already and on their way to you know, receiving a good amount of money.
2: Right. So right. Very well said. Yeah. Right. Well, and so what advice would you give to sellers who are still thinking, because obviously prices are still, properties are still selling and there's still a great opportunity for sellers to capture these prices at the top end of the market. What, advice would you give to sellers today?
3: I would advise sellers to just go with it, you know, list attractively and get your property sold because any property, if it sits for more than 45 days, it doesn't look too good to the eyes of a buyer. So you want to get pending before 30 days, ideally, but no more than 45 days. So to do that, you need a very good price to drive people to your broker tour and open house and get a good online presence too. So I would say, List it very attractively and lower than what it's worth, maybe, and get a couple offers on the table and then negotiate. That's my strategy, at least.
2: Right. Absolutely. Well, and this business has been based on negotiation for time and millennium. I mean, that's it's contract negotiation is one of the main functions of the realtor's role. So it is mm-hmm. not it's been for years where it was just you know hard nose. We got this price. Hard. No, not accepting. You know, bring me something bigger. And now there's negotiation taking place and professional realtors are out there and teaching those who maybe haven't experienced this type of uh, situation in the market how to close that deal and get to the end result of happy seller, happy buyer, everyone getting where they need to go. Daniel, remind everybody how to get in touch with you, please.
3: Sure thing. My cell phone is fast, It'd be four zero eight seven six one. 2883 call or text me
2: anytime. Wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us Daniel. We always appreciate it. We'll look forward to having you back when that property goes live on the market. Thank you, Misha. Thank you so much. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a few with this week's challenge.
1: It's Mortgage Matters with Misha. Once again, here's Misha Dimitruk.
2: All right, Bay Area. As any of the listeners to this show know, this is legitimately my favorite part of the show. I love bringing information and tips and tricks and technology updates and product availability to you. But the part where I get to connect with our community as a whole is really my favorite part because I learn what I'm bringing to our listeners and how it impacts them, and what questions they have that maybe go deeper than that, and it helps me expand on what I'm able to bring to the show. So to anyone who participates in these challenges, I am eternally grateful to you, um, because I draw from my real experiences in doing this job every single day, at, you know, basically 24 hours a day since the late 90s, and I appreciate the human aspect of things, and that I I am the old adage that teachers would tell you. If you have a question, ask it, because likely someone else has that question too, but they're afraid to ask. And so I get a lot of calls from people asking for information and because they maybe they've asked or they're not sure how to ask it, or they don't word it in a way that they can Google search it online correctly. So please, if you wanna participate in these, know that I'm happy to have any type of conversation with you and I look forward to that opportunity to learn how I can be a better service to our community as a whole. Now, the challenge for this week is going to be about your goals for 2023. Now, a lot of people have talked to me about their budget when we talked about building your budget. We led into, in phone and text conversations, how that budget relays to your capturing success in your goal for 2023 or your goals for 2023. And several people said, well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of afraid to ask you know, for the things that I want. And this is a very personal thing for all of us. You know, what are our goals? It doesn't have to be necessarily just financial, but obviously for a lot of things, the goals that we have that are outside of our own person are monetary-based. If it's about travel, how are you going to fund that travel? It's about, if it's about acquisition of a property, how are you going to acquire that property? If it's about expanding on a portfolio or renovating a property, all of these things have financial impact. And so that budget really led you to a place of being able to pencil out those dreams and goals. So I would like to hear from you. What are your goals for 2023? Do you Are you looking to make your first ever purchase? Are you looking to acquire an investment property? Are you looking to um, expand on your vacation rental opportunities? Are you looking to help a family member? who doesn't have the ability to financially manage their property anymore. Uh, There's a lot of different things that are coming out within the marketplace that will help everyone in the variety of capacities that your goals would align with. So here's what I'm asking in this week's challenge. I would like you to write out your goals, write out your dreams, and and don't be afraid to dream big. Limiting yourself in what it is you strive for is going to limit how you enjoy it. And so if you have a big goal, be bold, put that big goal on that list and then take the next step. Because writing out the goal is probably one of the first steps for some people saying it out loud might be one of the first steps, writing it down. And then let's have a conversation about how we're going to structure the path that gets you to that successful point where you have achieved the goal. Every opportunity that you have out there requires some sort of logistical management and understanding how you're going to achieve that goal or what steps you need to take in order to get closer to it. Even if you're saying, um, you know, maybe there's people out there that are just graduating college right now. They're just getting degrees. They're just getting their first serious job in their line of industry that they want to be in. And they're saying, I'm, I'm achieving big things. What's my next milestone?" let's put together a plan. Let's talk about what needs to get put into place. Do you have children that are headed off to college and they are going to be looking at where will they live when they go off to college? Do you have a plan? Do you know how to help support them and help them have safe and stable housing while growing an investment and the opportunity for them to be able to benefit from management of such properties? There's a lot of different things that can be done to help Each person achieve their goals and that those goals can set an example for the others around them. I also encourage you to share these dreams with the people in your life because that shared goal, that shared understanding is going to help everyone rally behind the plan or the path that you need to walk in order to achieve that. So please give me a call, send me a text, send me an email, find me on Facebook or LinkedIn and tell me how you need support in getting to your 2023 goal. Tell me what the goal is. Tell me what your challenges are. And we will work together to craft a path to your success. It's one of my favorite aspects of this job is that I get to talk to you about your specific criteria and the aspects of your life and find a way to help you get where you want to go. I don't make any decisions for my clients in this process. I provide all of the education and information that they need to make informed decisions that they feel good about. And I feel great about doing that for my clients. I enjoy it. And it's definitely a service level that uh, I I don't know that everyone out there in the market appreciates as much as I do in providing. 831-435-0385 is my phone number. M-E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com is my email. You can find me Facebook or LinkedIn. This show rebroadcasts uh, tomorrow from 3 to 4 p.m. Nope, sorry, tomorrow, Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and Sunday from 3 to 4. But in the meanwhile, if you need any customized information, if you need personal support, if there's something that you've run into that you don't understand or some frustrating point that someone hasn't given you an answer that just resonates with you, I'm available as a resource to all of you in our greater community. And I look forward to the opportunity uh, always to be of service to you and help you understand this amazing and ever-shifting industry that I am blessed to be a part of. And I look forward to another year of being here with you. Thank you as always for your time and for listening and also for all of those people who uh, call and text I are surprised that they actually get me on the other end of the line um i want to tell you that that actually always makes me giggle just a little bit um I, I am one person who presents the information that i find is valuable to you and that's why i ask for your feedback on these challenges be well and stay safe bay area until i speak to you again